So today we are going to talk, or we're going to learn about something. Turn with me to John chapter 9. And keep your hand there, or keep your finger there, or keep a... I've got lots of pieces of papers in my Bible everywhere. I've got feathers also. They're reminders. I have a beautiful, you know, when I go out on various trips, when Savi was not with me, she used to write some little notes. So in a, in a, in a, in the bag I'll find about 10 notes. In my pockets I'll find another few notes. And one of them is this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So I've preserved it. Ah, here's the feather. So I preserved it. And I keep it as a bookmark. And I'm going through, I'm, I'm looking at Moses again and Exodus. I just finished Genesis. So now I'm going into Exodus and I'm looking at it again. And I'm looking at Moses. You know, he was a very arrogant rascal. <clears throat> yeah. He denied, he almost denied God the opportunity of using him. If you listen to his language in Hebrew, when he says, when God says, I'm sending you, he says, who am I? In other words, he's saying to God, you don't know me, so don't choose me. Send somebody else. Thinking that he's humble. But it's not humility that's coming out. Have you heard these? You know, there are some pastors who say, hide me under the, behind the cross. <laughs> I don't want to see the, uh, the cross. Has only one person on it. And it's gone. Now I don't want to see this guy there. Uh, you know we make some foolish non-biblical statements. Now I understand what they're saying. But I want to see that person because God has made you public. He didn't say take your bush or your light and hide it. No he said bring it out. Oh no hide me. I'm simply saying. <laughs> so let your light so that men will see your good works and give him the glory. So I'm looking at this guy. He's quite a character. But the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And his steps were the steps of a good man. So what I'm trying to say is, if you have sheets of paper, little papers like this, please keep it as your bookmarks or whatever. Right, so let's get back to John chapter 9. Now here's another one from my... Ah, I will miss you so much. 
Right. Ah, none of them. Watch this. Ah, love you. Okay, the steps of a good lady also. Who can find a virtuous wife? Well, I found. So that question has been answered. So John chapter 9, and we're going to look at some, I want you to understand this, right? I'm going to look at light today. And I'm going to teach you how to embrace darkness. Because a lot of us are afraid of the dark, like little children. But if we are old enough, we can walk into a dark room and we are not afraid, right? Amen. A little child is. Now, there are certain maturities in us. You've got the technon, who is a little child. And then you've got the uyos, who is the mature one. And the uyos will walk into the dark. Many, many years ago. And people are afraid of the dark. People are afraid to go into dark places. Many, many years ago, now in Sri Lanka, how many Sri Lankans here? Wow, I've got to increase. <laughs> so in Sri Lanka, there's a place called Kataragama, down south, deep down south. It's called the City of God. It's anything but the city of God. It's a den of evil. You, do you know this place? It's a den of evil. I would say it's the devil's throne room. Christians are afraid to go there. And I remember saying to a pastor, I'm going there. The day I go there, I'm going in. I said, no, no, pastor, we have heard of stories of how people have gone there and they have come out with either their throats being choked or they have had intestine problems or, no, don't go there. You say, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. In other words, he was saying, we are going. They're not waiting for it to come. We are going. Because it will not prevail against us. So I walked in there and true to people's word, I saw one guy with hooks all over hanging. And he's been hanging for about a week. Another one stuck in the sand with his head out. And he's been there for about a month. And various things like this. Odd things. Another guy sitting on... Nails. How long he's been there, I wouldn't know. Didn't even want to ask him. <laughs> and, and the worst thing is people are coming and worshipping these guys. So what did I do? I walked in there. I went around the whole place. Praying in the spirit. Because I have one promise. I am the light of the world. 
people are afraid of darkness. And we give the devil more credit than we can. We speak more of the devil. Devil, I tell you this. We speak more to the devil than to the Lord. I'm talking of the church. I'm not talking of you guys. You guys are fantastic. And anything, everything is a devil. You devil, she devil, he devil. Go to hell, you devil. Only Jesus spoke of hell. Now, it's not that I don't believe in hell. I do believe in hell. I do believe in demons. But I'm, I'm Christ-conscious. I am light. If one of these guys pop up, I'll just blow out. But I'm not going behind them. I'm not going searching behind them and looking for a demon behind a toothache. Some even say, I've got a, you know, this devil, he's causing me lots of problems. He's given me a toothache. Well, pull the tooth out and devil's gone. <laughs> You see, the world began in darkness. The world began in darkness. You need darkness for the light to be seen. These two polarities are always there and will always be there. And so the world began in darkness. But when God said, he didn't say, no, 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 there is no darkness. He didn't say that darkness is the absence of light. No, no, no. He acknowledged that there was darkness and he spoke to the darkness and he said, let there be light. Amen. The very first words that came out of his mouth was light. And that's Genesis. And then when you go to Revelation, it, it talks to you about light. That there will be no Night. Because the lamb is the light. What we have forgotten is that the whole purpose of God causing us to be on this earth is that we may shine. And that's why he says in Matthew chapter 6, he says, if the light in you is dark, he doesn't say if the these are crazy paradoxical statement, right? If the light in you is dark, how great is that darkness? He's not saying if the darkness in you is dark. He's saying if the light in you, in other words, he's acknowledging, beloved, that you and I are light. But there are tendencies for us to cover it. And so we need to know the, the power of light. And let me tell you this. Darkness is afraid of light. Okay? Darkness is afraid of light. So now we've got a story here. And this story doesn't begin, you know... The guy who started creating chapters for the Bible got it wrong. He got his chapterizing wrong. 
Believe me. Because when you read chapter 9, it appears as if it's a new event. But it's not a new event. It's a continuous. And it starts from verse 58. Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself, went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now while he was passing by, he saw this blind guy. It's not a new event. And where was this blind guy? In the temple. Just like many blind people. Hmm? There are many blind people in the temple. Now I want you to understand this, right? The original tabernacle did not have light. In the Holy of Holies, there was no light. You know why? Because the glory of God would come. It need not have natural light. Hello. But now it had to have light. Because the word Ichabod was written over it. And the glory departed. And so when the priests walked around the temple, they had to carry their, and still they do. They carry different lights. There are people in the temple. There are people in the church who carry different lights around. Trying to find their way. Torches, lamps. Are, are you ready for this? When Judas came into the Garden of Gethsemane, it was dark. That's why they brought what? But when Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't take torches. And the disciples who were with him need not have torches. Because Jesus has already said in John 8, 12, he said, I'm the light. He who follows me will not walk in dark. Now, just to give you a quick run, go back to Exodus chapter 10, verse 23. I want to show you something. This is Old Covenant, people. Exodus 10, 23. This is Old Covenant, people. Are you okay? Yeah. Don't worry. If there is chaos in what I'm saying, light will come. <laughs> what does it say in Exodus 10, 23? It says that they couldn't see one another. Am I right? Who couldn't see one another? The Egyptians. They couldn't see one another. They were in darkness. But it says that in the house of the people of Israel, there was? Come on. It was only in their homes there was light. 
Beloved, if you, are in the, if you are in the light, who is Jesus Christ? And if the light is coming to you, you can never be darkness. And Jesus said this in John 1.4. In, in John 1.4, uh, John says this. He said, in him was life. And the life was the light. So it's not just light as in terms of a bulb or something. It's life. And this is a good place to be. Life. And the life was the light of man. It doesn't say the light was the life of man. The life was the light of man. Now taking all this into consideration, as Jesus is passing by, he sees this blind guy. Now, can you believe it? it, it, it this is typical. Until Jesus sees this blind guy and decides, because God never created men blind. Don't ever think that. God never created a person imperfect. Fearfully and wonderfully has he made us. No person. No person. Is imperfect. And there is a teaching that says. We are imperfect becoming perfect. We are just speaking outside of the Bible. We are, we are on wrong territory. No wonder we are behaving imperfectly. Because we think imperfect. I am spirit. I have a soul. I live in a Now I am spirit. Are you ready for this? But I don't have I am spirit but I'm not a soul. I have a soul. But I'm not a soul. I hope you got that. Because if I start believing that I'm a soul, then I become solical and then I begin to think with my mind. I begin to live out of my mind. My mind needs to be renewed, needs to be transformed by the word of God, which is spirit. So when Jesus is walking by, he sees this guy, he's blind and it's not meant to be. Now, this is amazing, yeah? As soon as the light comes, everything is seen. I want you to see, follow me with this, right? I told you that there'll be chaos, but it'll come together. Don't worry. As soon as Jesus walks in here now, he passes by, and then he sees this man. As soon as he sees this man, the light comes. And what do the disciples say? Who sinned? <laughs> Typical, right? They become very philosophical now. When you and I walk, we carry the light with us. And when we carry the light with us, darkness will definitely disappear. And what has to be exposed will be exposed. Then when it's exposed, people stop around and say, Ah, now this guy, who's him? Why is he like this? Why is he in debt? Why is he in trouble? Him or his parents. All this time they never saw these, this blind man. How many times they went to the temple. But suddenly the light walks in. Ah, they see the guy. 
and they ask questions. And Jesus says, neither. What does he say? Neither. Now watch what he's saying. Verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Now in your Bibles, as it is in mine, it says, but that the works of God. But that's a wrong translation. I'm sorry. Okay. That's why we invite you to come and learn hermeneutics. <laughs> but you don't. And so when you don't, you don't know what's written there. And so you say, ah, but. Put the but in its right place and you'll get the answer. <laughs> now watch this. It is, there is no but there. Now read it as I will show you in the original translation. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents, let the works of God be done. You with me? It's not but that the works. In other words, God allowed it. No, 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 no. God did not even allow this guy to be blind. How he got blind, we don't know. And let's not go there. That's not our problem. Let's work the works of God. And then Jesus says, now watch this again, right? Verse 4. You got the word I? Some of your Bibles might have the word V. Am I right or wrong? Look at your Bible. Whose Bible has the word V? The, the, yeah. We must work the works of God. And the one who said. We must work the works of the one who sent me. We. The singular becomes plural. So Jesus is involving his disciples in what he's about to do. Are you with me? But when we read the Bible, we just read it. And I, before I end, I will show you how important it is for you to study the Bible as it's meant to be. If you don't want to come for the hermeneutics class and do your BTH and all of that, at least buy a book by a man called Gordon Fee that says, read the Bible for all it's worth. You'll learn a lot. The reason why we do not know what God is doing with us is because we're not reading the Bible for all it's worth. I want you to know, beloved, this book is simply a book. It's simply a book. It's got 66 books. But there are some people who say, oh, this has got power. And they even put it under their pillow. <laughs> now, if you come home, sometimes you'll find my Bible near my bedside, not because I'm afraid and I'm superstitious. I I've been to homes where the Bible is open. And then you ask, why? Especially in Sri Lanka. These Sri Lankans, you have to be careful. <laughs> in Sri Lanka, so you go to a home, you see a Bible open. And you ask them, oh, you got a Bible, why is it open? To chase the demons out. <laughs> you 
In the Sinhalese language, it says Yakumayavan. That means to drive the demons out. Because they believe that simply opening, simply opening the Bible will drive, <laughs> will drive the demons. We've been called to cast demons out. Not the open Bible. Hello? Are you okay? So Jesus invites the disciples and he says, come along now, we must work the works of God. Are you with me? And then suddenly something happens. He does something crazy. Watch the works of God now. What does he do? <laughs> we must work the works of God. What did he do? He spat to the clay because that is from where man came. And then, would you like if I come to heal you? <laughs> it's called the spitting ministry. Pastor John will have a splitting church. <laughs> we must work the works of God. And, and what's the works of God? Spit. <laughs> it's called eye salve. And, and put on the eyes. <laughs> but now, here's something even more terrible. He's asking this blind man to go down 70 steps <laughs> into the pool of Salom. It's funny, right? I thought you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But he says, no. Go down. Wash yourself and come. The works of God. Why is it saliva? Why is it dust? And why is it water? Because 70% of man is water. So if you drink kangen, you'll be okay. Now, you drink any water which has 9.5, you'll be okay. But you've got water in there. And that water has to be adjusted. So God is working out the works of God. Can you see what he's doing? We must work the works of? So we got to go to the original way in which this guy was created. Because when he came forth, he didn't come out the way that he's meant to come. He has to come with sight. So go down and he came seeing. Are you with me? <clears throat> now, I'm not going to read it all, but you can go home and read it. Travel with me. Now, when this miracle happens, instead of rejoicing, the parents get afraid. Why? Because the church is on them. No, 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 no. This miracle can't happen. 
This unusual miracle? No, 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 not accepted. Well, Paul worked unusual miracles. He worked miracles and unusual miracles. Yeah? Who taught him to use a hanky? Nobody. Hanky ministry. But today people are having hanky ministries. I call them panky. <laughs> Just because I bless a hanky does not mean that you're going to be healed. Are you with me? There are so many spiritual gymnastics being done today. And cartwheels. And the church is so confused. They don't know a real miracle from a false miracle. The counterfeit. Are you, are you understanding this? So when Jesus does this, these guys, a blind man has got healed. And what does the church do? They get into doctrine. Oh, wow. Very typical, right? Who healed you? I don't know. Now watch the progressive revelation, right? I don't know. They acknowledge that he's healed. They acknowledge that he can see. I don't know. Come on. You must be one of his disciples. We are disciples of Moses. But the Bible says, right? Are you ready? Jesus himself said, Moses permitted you. But I say unto you. In other words, he is above Moses. Moses permitted you, but I say to you. In other words, he is the final authority. But these guys want to hold on to their tradition. They want to hold on to their Moses. Moses is dead, man. And so finally, as he goes on, now watch this, right? He still doesn't know who this person is who healed him. All he knows, and this is beautiful, I once was blind, but now I see. I don't know doctrine. I have not gone to theological studies. I have not gone to Pastor Neil's uh, BTH, BD, EFS. He calls it all sorts of things. I also get confused. <laughs> I am not gone. This guy is just a simple man who's had an experience. And from his experience now, he is saying, he's challenging the very core values of the synagogue. Beloved, unless you have an experience of Jesus Christ, you'll be in the dark. You won't be able to see him. It's not all the education. It's not academics. Thank you. I thought you're like Kirby coming to add a few things. <laughs> right. <clears throat> it's not academics. It's not the education. But we need to know. You want to hear something else? Yes. Have you heard John 3.16? Yes. You know it by heart? Yes. Sure? Yes. Sure? Yes. There's a trick question. Yes. You sure you know it by heart? 
Hmm. Okay. What's it? For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that you may be saved. Oh. This is what happens when you read only the passion. <laughs> and exactly that's what the church is saying. So that you may be saved. So that you may go to heaven. That's exactly what the church is saying. And I think it was very, very good that you said that. Because that's exactly what has been taught. God loved the world that he gave his son. Whoever believes in him. Will not perish. Not about going to heaven. And it's not everlasting life. It's eternal life. Now there are three. Eternal, everlasting, immortal. Eternal is a qualitative life. Everlasting is a quantitative life. And anybody can have an everlasting life. It depends where you want to spend it. And then there's immortality. There's immortal life. <clears throat> and he says that he came that you may have life. In its fullest, eternal life. Now, how many times is the word perish used? Once. But the church begins to emphasize, you turn or you burn. The church emphasizes evangelically that unless you're saved, you won't get to heaven. And they put the fear of hell into people rather than the love of God. Because they, they don't see the light. All they're seeing is this whole thing called miracles, signs and wonders. So they think they must bring a doctrine to that. And, and refute the error of this man who's got healed by someone they don't know. Hello? Are you hearing me? So they push him and push him and thank God he stood. When you have an experience, beloved, that is challenged, it is the commencement of a progressive revelation of God in your life. Amen. He stood in it. And he brings out some amazing theology from that. He said, I don't know anything. I don't know this man. But one thing I know, once I was blind, now I see. And as a result of him standing in his experience, out of an experiential knowledge. Now, go back to John chapter 3 verse 16. It says eternal life. Now, what is eternal life? Jesus qualifies it in John 17, 3. This is eternal life. What? That you may know God. Not be saved. That you may know God and him that was sent. That is eternal life. To experience God. Hello. Through the one whom he sent. Are you with me? So now what has happened is. Right. Finally. He's thrown out of the synagogue. 
And it is only when he's out of a religious system that Jesus appears to him. Did you notice that? He's thrown out of the synagogue. And when he's thrown out of the synagogue, Jesus comes. Beloved, unless you and I come out of our religious system, we will never see Jesus. We will never know him. And as soon as he's thrown out of the religious system, whether it be Christianity or whether it be any other religion, as soon as you're out of it, you're free now to think. Jesus comes and says, do you know the Son of God? He says, no, Lord. Who is he? The one who is standing before you. Are you watching the progression? And now he says, this man, he says, oh Lord, and he worships him. What is the ultimate purpose that God created man for? Worship. That's why I'm so blessed that you're going to have this throne room. The ultimate purpose is for fellowship, intimacy, and worship. Not to go to heaven. Going to heaven is a byproduct. And there are too many people who want to get to heaven. All they have to do is to die. <laughs> die as they are, born again. And they get to heaven. But you didn't, don't need that. You don't need that experience. You're already dead. So you don't need to die. Now you've got to live. You're dead to sin, alive to God. I want your thinking today to change, to be transformed. Not a metanoia which is change, but a metamorphosis which is transformed. Because what you believe is how you will behave. Whom I believe and what I believe is how I will behave. You with me? So, he says, Lord, and he worships him. Because he saw the light. All this time he was blind. But now he sees the light. What is the answer? Learn to see. What is the answer? Learn to see. See what? The light in the darkness. See what? The light in the darkness. You know, in Exodus, when you're reading Exodus 19 and Exodus 20, God wants to relate. Exodus 19.6 says, I want you to be a priesthood. He wanted every single person a priest. 
not just the Levites. But they chose and they told Moses, look at these guys. You go. They knew. Why? Why? Because if we see God, we'll die. But if you see God, even if you die, no problem. <laughs> but you know something? Moses was ready to jump into the darkness. And when he jumped into the darkness, he came back with the glory. I, I don't know what your experience is. I don't know what darkness you're going through. But I've been going through some issues in the recent past. Even last night I was sharing with the church today. That last night I went to sleep with fear and condemnation. Now, there is no condemnation to those who are in. And God has not given to us the spirit of. But here I am. And then when I get up in the morning, fear and. And now you might look, Pastor Neil, fear and condemnation. No, 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 no. I think he is bonkers. I want you to know something. Faith does these things to you. And because of my relationship with God, I don't share my doubts. You can ask my wife, Savi, even she wanted to know what is condemnation and fear that I went to sleep with last night. I don't share my doubts with people, but I share them with God. I share them with my father. That's my relationship. I would question him. David questioned. He said, what, what, what is this, Lord? Your, your anger is like arrows coming at me. When did you forget me? Why have you forsaken me? Because David had a heart that could talk to his father. He was in the light. And when darkness came, he was not afraid to walk in the dark. Why? Because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And I don't need to wait for the end of the tunnel to see the light. The light is with me. Yeah. Don't listen to these truisms. The light is coming. The light is coming. No, no, the light has come. And the light is in me. The light is in you. So rise, shine, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. People can see it, beloved. It's not just in you, it's upon you. And in the midst of thick darkness, Isaiah 60 verse 2. In the midst of thick darkness, you will shine. There has to be darkness for people to see you. So don't be afraid of the dark. Because if you are afraid of the dark, you won't see. So we'll end with this. Are you okay? You turn to chapter 20, John chapter 20. Judas was afraid of the dark. What happened to him? 
What happened to Judas? He hung himself. Because he didn't know how to deal with darkness. Now here again, John chapter 20 verse 1. At what time is Mary coming to the tomb? While it was still? Ah. Thank God for her. While it was still dark, she comes, and then what does she see? Now bless her heart. As soon as she saw this, she ran back to tell. And that's like a number of us. As soon as we receive Jesus Christ, and as soon as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we think we've got it all, and now we're going out. Tuck, 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 tuck. <laughs> yeah. I got the spirit of God. No one can even understand what we are saying. But bless her heart, she ran to tell. And then who comes? Good old Peter. Pedrus. Pedrus son? Ah. Johan comes, huh? Johannes. <laughs> now, Peter comes in. Now, I want you to see, this is the problem, right? All you see is the word saw. Chapter, one, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 1, saw. Chapter 20, verse 3, uh, verse 6. He goes into the tomb. Ah, great. Awesome guy. He wants to put his foot where he shouldn't. Always he does that. So he walks into the tomb and now he saw. He saw. What did he see? Now he saw something else. Same incident. What they are seeing is different. Now, unfortunately, in the English Bibles, you get the word saw, 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 not the. <coughs> but in Greek, the first word for saw, blepo, is to see in the natural and in the external, the periphery. The second word saw in Greek, don't, don't try to pronounce it and all of that, you might break your teeth. <laughs> that word means he began to reason. A little better. So he saw, what did he see? All right. One place, the cloth that was used for his head. Other place, cloth that was used for his body. But where is my friend? Where is Jesus? Now he doesn't bother to allow the Spirit of God to answer him. He runs. <laughs> he runs to say, he's risen. And there are many, many Christians like that. They only see their reason. They're caught up with the, the charismatic razzmatazz. They're caught up with the miracle. They're caught up with what has happened. They don't know what the heck has happened. And they are shouting, yes! Bless their hearts for that. 
Now let's get to verse 8. John comes. Same incident. Three types of scene. What's the word there? Verse 8. He saw and voila. Your seeing must lead you to believing. And what he saw, what he saw, that word saw is another, that's the Greek. That means he saw with spiritual understanding. Now that seeing caused him to believe. Faith has eyes. It's not just believing, beloved. Even the devils believe and they know much better than us, you know. When Jesus walks into their midst, what have you come to do with us before our time? We believe, we don't even shake. Are you with me? The word believe means that there must be an exposure to the experience of what you see. Amen. The resurrection must be alive in us. It's not just a doctrine, it's a lifestyle. Amen. And people must see that. They must see the resurrected power in us. Are you with me? Because that is what, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and give him the glory. Amen. So when I see, I believe. And that's why John would constantly speak about believe, believe. Go to chapter 20, the last verse. What does he say there? Now many things were done. The previous verse says many things were done. There are many miracles not yet recorded. So we don't know. But they might believe what? Come on. What is the secret to my life? Believe. Not praying. Believing. Not fasting. Believing. Not all the spiritual gymnastics. Believing. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever will not but have, have right now eternal life. The secret is to believe what God has given you beloved. And he has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. You don't have to ask him one more thing. The problem with us is because we don't believe we are asking. Give me that, give me that, give me that banana. <laughs> and the more you ask him, you're greedy. Because you're not asking him for what you don't have, you're asking him for what you already have. We are so amazing that we confuse even him. 
Because we are asking for what he cannot give anymore. Now ask, by all means ask. There's nothing wrong. But here's the secret to asking. Intimacy. Abide in me, and I in you, and my word in you, then you can ask whatever you want. Are you okay? So what's the secret? Believe. Believe. This belief is not academical believing. So Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Yeah. What are you talking? That's my faith, man. You simply believe. Yes, I simply believe. Don't simply believe. You look. You see. You experience. And then you talk of what you have experienced. You guys okay? Yes. You want a miracle? Yes. You have it. Yes. Your wife is out, man. How do I know that? Because her body was healed 2,000 years ago. She's in the resurrection power in the day that she received Jesus Christ. Not because somebody prayed. Because if that is the case, then it's by works. But because he's faithful to what he has done, your wife is healed. And that is why the prophetic word that was given is going to take place. Are you guys okay? I want to bless you today with that. I don't want you to simply know. And forever knowing. But never coming to the power. Only knowing. Now I want you to know and enter the power and manifest it. Because God is looking for sons of God. Bless you and have an awesome time with God.